0: To defeat an enemy, you must know them. Not just their battle tactics, but their history, philosophy. To the Chase Ascendancy Podcast. Well, 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 well. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the Chase Ascendancy. Episode seventy-three. We are, man, we got to 69 with the flash, and they just dropped off the deep end. Today, we are here to talk about Mowage. Welcome, everyone, back to the show. Uh, We got a lot of stuff to cover for you today. It's a lot of newsy news, but a lot of other good stuff, too. So, let's just jump into it. Um, Let's talk for a smidgen about. The Why casting. talk about
1: birds? Okay,
0: <laughs> go ahead. Oh, coming in hot with the jokes. <laughs> All righty. Uh, well, um, was pretty so i Apparently lie. The, uh, the interwebs are fire because uh, the casting is unofficially official for Mr. One Ezra Bridger and Mithran Yuido of the Chissessinitzi. And so per what we expected, Thrawn is being played by Lars Mikkelsen, uh, which is super cool because he is um, also the voice of Thrawn on uh, Star Wars Rebels. So the cool thing is you'll get a great voice right off the bat. Yeah, Um, definitely. I'm a little sad it's
1: not Mark Thompson, but it's fine. uh,
0: I was kind of hoping that they could just cast Mark Thompson as Thrawn and be like, yeah, he grew a beard. What about it? Do you think he does regular acting? I don't think so. He's always done – I was watching a thing about him recently, and he said that he had done voice acting for a good while, and he didn't like to read at first, but he got into audiobooks. um, So I don't think he's ever done acting, acting. It would be interesting Mm. to know, though. So yeah, Lars Mikkelsen, um, he's going to be Thrawn, and then Ezra is played by um, Mina Masood. I'm sorry if I'm butchering that. The young lad that Oh, my God. He's being played by Kudar Mubat, uh, the one and only, (laughs) from the Bounty Hunter Wars trilogy. It's the greatest The only man whose butt connects to the entire galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Do you remember Um, when it took you
1: 20 minutes to explain to me how his butt web worked? And I was like, sorry, so the web
0: goes all the way to the planet. No, it's basically an asteroid of his butt juice. An asteroid? (laughs) 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 <laughs> oh, my God. You know. Dang, was out here just doing the Methodist church, just <laughs> throwing around those cuss words. <laughs> I said asteroid. What do you want from me? I know what you did, you sneaky, sneaky man. But, yes, uh, Mina Masood, which is the young man <laughs> who played live-action Aladdin. Um, and so there. are uh, not only have they both been casted, but rumor is that uh, they're getting their own show. And so – Um, perhaps it just hasn't been announced because the way that they're setting it up kind of feels like Thrawn is like the Thanos of the new um, Star Wars multimedia going on right now. I'm here for it. I freaking Um, am here for it. So we'll see. But um, I think that maybe the reason that... I, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I guess Thanos is similar in the fact that Thanos, you can understand why he's doing what he's doing, but it's not right. And I think that maybe that it's similar. Thanos did nothing wrong. <laughs> it's maybe similar to what's going on with Thrawn because of his desire to preserve the ascendancy.
1: Yeah, Thanos and Thrawn both have done nothing wrong.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so going hand-hand hand kind of villain. Yeah, the one that you can agree with or understand the reasoning.
1: Yeah, or the, and, the, and the one that genuinely thinks they're in the right, they just don't like, uh, you know what I mean? They're not just out there doing things for the sake of evil. They think they're serving the greater good.
0: Do you think that Palpatine believed he was doing something for the greater good?
1: Uh, no, Palpatine was serving the dark side, as he should have. He was a good Sith. Good Sith Lord.
0: Interesting.
1: Well, um,
0: I wonder if...
1: but do you, I mean, do he you definitely think- had that rationale, you know what I mean, when he was like drawing Anakin in. And he's like, you know, there will be peace. Right, right. You know what I mean? But he, he didn't care about peace. He cared about power.
0: Yeah. I wonder if the, let's see. Yeah. I mean, the code of the Sith, piece is a lie, but I always pictured that as a uh, personal peace. Well, yeah.
1: And it's like the, I think it's the pursuit of peace that like, there's always going to be chaos. There's always going to be imbalance. You know what I mean? Seeking that out for it, an end of itself. It's like futile. Right. Um, okay. What else we got going on? Um,
0: so yeah, sorry. Uh. But as well, uh, Disney Plus news is that um, apparently Mandalorian 3 has been filming in secret and it's possible that they're almost done. I know we talked about this a smidge the other day, um, but the rumor is that they might be done by spring uh, or Ring not done by, by spring, spring but, like, but like ready to show by spring. Whether that means Freaking February right. or March or April, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to assume they're saying
1: spring is like uh, like to make it sound good, but it's probably going to be like – Maybe as late as May.
0: Well, the other thing that was interesting was that um, that there's a new poster that came out. Did y'all see that poster?
1: The Luke and Grogu?
0: Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the thing is, it's not a poster for Mandalorian Season 3, but it is officially licensed by Disney. Right, so,
1: that is the curious thing.
0: You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like definitely. Hey, look at this picture it's not, from Mando it's not season fan three.
1: art. It's not like, you know, what do we think about this? You know, what's going on with Luke and Mint or uh Grogu? You know what I mean? It's it's actually Disney putting that. Right, putting that it's foot officially out
0: there. like and Disney is notoriously hard to get approval from for that sort of thing. So right. it makes me wonder uh, it makes me wonder what the deal is with that. So, do you think that happens? Do you think that has to do anything with with um Mando season 3 or do you think that maybe there's even another show in the works that we don't know about. I would rather
1: there be another show personally. I,
0: I agree. And here's the other thing, um, that you guys, this is some cool news. So remember when the Mando, uh, season two finale came out and, um, we were super impressed with Luke, but when you went back in time and you watched it again, some people were unimpressed with Luke's appearance. Like they didn't think that it was a very good job, um, as far as like the CGI or whatever. So there was uh, a, a deep fake artist who went back and was like, Hey, here's what it you know could have been or whatever. And ILM and Lucasfilm has officially hired that person who did the deep fake of Luke from Mando season two finale. And so Good on you, have, you have to wonder one, congratulations. Like you did exactly right. what everybody else wants to do. Um, <laughs> so that's why we need more listeners. Uh, but um, but it's interesting because Come on uh, just need. what else would they need that for except for to do yeah. more deep fakes like it's a very niche yeah. style so one of two things here's a here's Luke a hot take for you or what are we going to say uh, here's a
1: hot take for you um, the Luke Grogu show is actually going to be the acolyte and grogu goes dark side that but the timing is wrong. Do you remember how he just choked a person? That was his first instinct. No, just I know got a dark side bent.
0: I know, but the acolyte is officially. 200. I don't care. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> um, but uh, I was also wondering if it could be for Tarkin. Oh, yes. It could be for Tarkin for the Cassian Indoor Show.
1: Yeah,
0: it could be that. And or what? Just kidding.
1: No, I'm, I'm freaking. That's all I want.
0: Um, and then I guess this is a little spoilery, um, but we can go with it. Shut your ears, folks. If you, so this is about Book of Boba Fett. Um, me and the guys were talking about this a little bit earlier, uh, excuse me today, but, um, some interesting, this is from Reddit. So take it with a grain of salt or a whole pack of salt or whatever. (laughs) Um, but it says, uh, this person, I guess I, I guess I won't name their name so that just in case the mouse hears this podcast by any chance, they don't go and take this person away. Uh, But it said, I have information about the book of Boba Fett that I would like to share. I have had access to various merchandise and have gathered all the following information. So I guess whenever they see advertised or not advertising, but uh, merchandising, they probably are also seeing like the little bios that you can read, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So it says, Again, if you don't want to know anything about the book of Boba Fett, probably fast forward three or four minutes. But it says – three, two, one uh, – Bosk, Dengar, Zuckus, and IG-88 will all return. Um, so my shirt will officially be off because I said i will take my shirt off if Bosk was on the show. Um, a side thought from that is if you read the Aftermath Trilogy – Remember we talked about Cobb Vance being uh, in one of those um, oh what did he call those stupid things the little side stories <clears throat> anyways um, he talked about yeah um, I don't remember something uh, but he uh, that's where we talked about Cobb Vance and all that stuff another one uh, that they had was uh, Dengar and his new partner Imbo were around on Tatooine after. Uh, right after the events of the return of the Jedi. So that being said, well, I'm alone in here. Um, there's, I wonder if Embo can make an appearance because him and Dengar are like legitimately partners. Um, I'd be here for it.
1: I freaking love Embo, dude.
0: Exact same timeline. So the, uh, so the dog would be dead cause he's dead by the time of the return of the Jedi in, in the books. But uh, it would still be cool to see Imbo. And that's Dave Filoni's favorite bounty hunter. And we know that Dave Filoni directed at least one episode that's of the justified. Book of justified. He's Fett. a freaking
1: sick character,
0: dude. Yeah. Well, there was moments where he was supposed to die, and they are like – Dave Filoni's like, I couldn't let him die because he's so cool. And so uh, it would be cool because he gets to direct at least one episode of the of Boca, Book of Boba Fett. We know that. Um, yeah. Okay, going down this uh, this same line, Cobb Vance and Grief Karga mm-hmm. will be in the show. Um, so that'll be interesting. I can't see a world where Cobb, Vant and Boba Fett, um, don't, like, I don't see a world where they're against one another. You know what I mean? Sure. What do y'all think?
1: I could see a world where Boba Fett decides that he wants money more than he wants friendship with some Tatooine hillbilly.
0: But the thing that's interesting to me is that Cobb Vanth just wants freedom. That's like his number one thing, and I don't think Boba really cares either way. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not saying if he, he had,
1: would have like like Boba would care about what he was doing. I think it just like if somebody was like, Hey, there's this person making trouble out on the plains, why don't you take care of him? I don't think anything would stop Boba from doing that.
0: Yeah. My other wonder is um how long do you think Boba Fett knew that Cobb Vanth had his armor? Do you think it was a new discovery? I would assume that, seeing as how much he wanted it back, he didn't have. To, he couldn't have known for that long, right? He yeah, just went and got I it. don't.
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, because he went after Mando like immediately after, and I think Mando is a way tougher target than Cobb Vanth.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, you know also, I mean? um, <clears throat> grief cargo being back in there is super sick. Um, it says Imperial troops are present in small crews. Um, the tattooing cantina will be there. So that's cool. Hopefully the like um, old school cantina. Cool. Also, you have to remember that there's rumor of flashbacks. So we could see the cantina back in its glory day before the droids took over. Um, here's sick. Uh, Boba Fett will have multiple looks. Unsure if this means flashbacks or if he changes his costume in some way during the show. Um, so that's really cool and interesting. There yeah, be... If they do
1: a flashback, it's probable that he's going to have that uh, tan jumpsuit on instead of that black jumpsuit.
0: Right, right.
1: It changes his armor look a lot.
0: The black is raw, though. Especially yeah, it does with the look new sick. paint. Uh, yeah, it definitely. says there will be a quote battle in the throne room. So I don't know what that means. But I do know that if you've ever played Battlefront 2 from 2003, does that mean Jabba's
1: Palace, or are they talking about in Mandalore?
0: God dang it. It's got to be on Tatooine, right? Yeah. Um, it says background Tatooine characters including Jawa, Tusken Raiders, Gonk Power Droid, and a whale creature.
1: Ooh, Gonk. Yes. Whale creature? That means Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, what the freak is a whale creature? I'm not wrong.
1: Dude, uh, space if, you're,
0: if you are right about the creature? randomly showing up and Thrawn's there in Book of Boba Fett, I will lose my mind. I just don't see a world where that's what it is, but that would be so freaking sick. Name me one other whale in Star Wars. Uh, That one chick with the six boobs that sings in Jabba's Palace. (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Okay, I see you. Um, It says Boba Fett may go without his helmet for an extended period of time. Which is only fitting, seeing as Tamir Morrison's handsome face is going to be there. Um, And then it says uh, the Sarlacc and Slave One appear together in a playset, so that's obviously just toy news. It says merchandise will initially release in November, potentially potentially with teaser images uh, teaser images in September or October. So we could have some info. I don't know if that means a trailer or what. Um, You
1: tease, Lucasfilm.
0: We'll see. We will see. Um, but, man, it's getting closer and closer. And um, I'm just excited because I remember back in the day, one of the first rumors that popped out was um, the freaking uh, – the um, hammerhead that was supposed to be like an antagonist. And apparently I the Thorian? rumor – Yeah, yeah, Thorian. The rumor is that the they dome. they have like uh, an issue back and forth. And they end up just working together against someone else. So mm, I wonder classic if Classic Star Wars. I wonder if that means the Huts come to reclaim Jabba's stuff. He's hey. the lead Hut.
1: I don't think they care about his palace.
0: This I, I'm irritated that I can't see Samuel, but I can see Samuel on Adam's screen. <laughs> <laughs> sucks. Alright. Um and then sucks to be me right now. Uh, so yeah, then the, the Luke and Grogu poster is very interesting. Um, so there's a lot of lot of uh, stuff coming up, uh, very interesting things. And then um, a whole new uh, wave, um, I guess it would be the third wave of uh, High Republic co- uh, contents coming out. Uh, so uh, you've yeah, got – Yeah, uh,
1: it, if it's associated with like the third major novel. Correct. Right? Yes. Okay. okay.
0: Yes. Um. So I'm guessing there's like two waves per cycle, because it's Light of the Jedi, and then I can't remember the other ones. But it's like Rising Darkness, like or something. There's 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 three. I can't recall, but there's three um, time frames. And the first one is Light of the Jedi when they're kind of like in their peak, which is what we've just finished. So maybe there's two sets of books and comics per one third of oh, interesting. pie. Interesting. Um, interesting. So Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older. Is the young adult novel, um, Samuel? You may be uh, excited, but also perturbed to know that there has been a second line of comics this entire freaking time, called High Republic Adventures. <laughs> I, I know the the like kids one. It's not a kids one. That's the thing. I thought it was kid one's kids one too, but it's not. It's just a regular comic by Daniel Jose Older and well, Gio- That's what they
1: get for tying the word adventures onto it.
0: Yeah, Geode is in the Adventures comics. automatically
1: sounds like that freaking movie where God was a whale and Satan was a sea snake. What? You know what I'm talking about? That freaking, like, child's video? It was like an allegory for freaking Jesus' crucifixion, but it was in the ocean.
0: I recall you showing me that, but I don't know it for myself. Oh, well. All right,
1: well, you're uncultured, and that's fine. But... You know
0: what that reminds me of? It reminds me of when... Uh, in the original Left Behind when the guy that played Trevette from Walker Texas Ranger, he was a pastor, and then when the rapture happened, he got left behind, and he was like, I guess knowing and believing are two different things. That's what that reminds me of. Uh, so Midnight Horizon by Daniel Jose Older, that's a young adult novel. And- it reminds
1: me of Nicolas Cage being in the second Left Behind movie.
0: It seems we've been left behind. We're gonna steal the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> God's like, you Dude, sure imagine how easy it would be to steal the Declaration of Dependence during the rapture. Dude, what if – oh, man, I Big want to make brain a joke. time. How much of a joke can I make right here? Can I make a good joke? Imagine right. if <laughs> – what if uh, a certain pastor was like, that's what you get for messing with America, Jesus. <laughs> uh, you guys don't talk about All right, so um, – that's by Daniel Jose Elder. And I want to say, for those of you who are like, oh, yeah, young adult book, I'm not going to read that. Some of the best Young material. adult books are fire. Dude, Lost Stars by Claudia Gray was probably the best book to come out during that whole. Into Force the Awakens. Dark is really good, dude. Yeah, and that's by Claudia Gray as well, so maybe it's just Claudia Gray. But, um, dude, those young adult <laughs> books are sick. And Daniel Jose Elder is a great author. Um, I don't think
1: the young adult books are anything to turn your nose at. The children's book. By a certain Star Wars author was hot garbage, but Justine Ireland. Uh, That's what you're
0: talking I really about. Know, right? name, names. So yeah. her her new book Out of the Shadows, I think, dropped um, this the week, the twenty eighth. Um, and it's a young book. adult, so, so I'm going to try world it world. out. Um, I'll try it
1: out. I, I did not enjoy the children's book. Also, she was kind of being a, a real piece of work on Twitter.
0: Yeah, she that she was. Month. She was being a bung hole. Um, so then also uh, Mission to Disaster, which is a mid-grade novel by Justine Ireland. I can find myself not reading that one, just being honest. Um, okay, here's a really cool one called The Fallen Star by Claudia Gray. And this Claudia is- Claudia Gray, the, she can do no wrong. Yeah, this is the- She, can, she, she cannot do a
1: single thing wrong. So I'm this is
0: the third Del Rey novel, so the adult novel. So you have Light of the Jedi, The Rising Storm, and then The Fallen Star I'm so by excited. Claudia Gray. It's Hey, how did you feel-
1: That this latest Star Wars novel stacked up compared to Light of the Jedi,
0: neck and neck. Really, neck and neck. We'll get into the we'll get into the nitty gritty uh, as we do the review. Interesting. Um, And then my thing that I'm, I obviously I'm very excited for um, the new like adult like big novel, but something that has really caught my eye is Eye of the Storm by Mister Charles Soule. Is a comic miniseries which is only two issues, but it's 30 pages each, and it's focused solely on uh, Marcian Rowe. And so it's going to be just about him. Uh, Let's read it. Let's read it. The eye.
1: I freaking love, I love the voice that Mark Thompson came up with for Marcian Rowe. It makes
0: me feel like he needs... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> um, it makes so, me
1: feel things that are unspeakable for uh, <laughs> this particular setting. <laughs> no, I really am a big fan. I love it. I love it because it's. I've said this before, but it's unique. <laughs> it's, it's unique to everything that he's done so far.
0: Um, yeah, dude, I think that it is super dope. I really love it because I love doing impressions. I love voices and voice like I would like we've always talked about this yeah. a thousand times, but I would jump on the opportunity to do uh, voice acting. And so to hear him come up with something like just super random and out of the blue is super yeah, dope. It's
1: super cool. And I think it's cool. Cause it's not, it's like a very unassuming voice for a character and he's still like super balling. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, that's a, that, that's a tough mark. I think it's cool that he landed it.
0: Yeah. I totally agree. Um, so that's super exciting. And it's by Charles soul who does the Vader stuff. And so it's, it's amazing. Um, and so, I guess that kind of takes us straight into the uh, the real meat of the episode, which is um, we're going to do. Which is,
1: if you look at our notes, the sizing storm. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, the sizing storm. The sizing storm. I was in a meeting with like my boss's boss, and he was tra- <laughs> trying to give me a big outline of something. I was like, "There's a typo in this." Oh
0: my God. Sorry.
1: And he was like, you're the first person to notice that. And I was like, it's there. I was like, anyway, continue.
0: Uh, sorry, the sizing storm. I threw me off. <laughs> Whatever. It was one of those times that I was typing on my iPad and it's like... The Visine Storm. Alrighty, ding, 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 ding. As you're typing on your iPad. I am
1: the red eye. Clear eye. The sizing storm. Um, so...
0: I know no, no love no.
1: for my Star Wars freaking uh, Ben Stein crossover joke about him being the eye, and then the slogan for Visine being "Red Eye, Clear Eye." No love for that. That's that's brilliant. That is brilliant. I, that's not that, a
0: brilliant joke, joke. That's the joke I was making.
1: I thought you were just talking about him being monotone. You didn't make the joke about him being the Red Eye, Clear Eye.
0: No, it's yeah, that's why I said Visine because he's the eye, and he sounds like Ben Stein. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. It's a perfect hybrid. Um, what speed do you listen to your audiobooks on, Samuel? <clears throat> so the thing is, I uh,
1: listened to it at times one speed, except for the Thrawn novel that came out most recently, which I listened to it like one and three quarter speed because I needed to cook through it. Mm. I was not desperate enough to listen to this particular novel at one and three quarter speed, so I listened. I just went and picked up a hard copy, and I just read the. I read like you know half the book in a
0: day. Oh, cool. I, yeah. uh, I always listen at 1.2 because the delivery for audiobooks is typically a little bit slower than I like. Yeah.
1: Well, and it, I mean, at 1.2, it's if you didn't know that it was sped up, it would be hardly noticeable. Right. Um But, Dude. yeah. Um, Pastor... I kind of like to have it because the music will be a little bit different. I kind of like to have the delivery that they intend if I'm listening to that. But yeah, that's very true. The, I didn't um, have the time because we meant to talk about it late, earlier.
0: Pastor John Bevere, who uh, he writes The Bait of Satan uh, – Anyways, great, great author, great pastor, but he reads his own books too when he does audio, uh, mm. and so he Just like Brian Jakes. He, uh, yeah, he he reads like he talks, so you can tell that he's in the booth being like crazy. And then he had to give up his offense, and so when you read it, you're like, or listening to it, you're like, yes. You, and you then, and then, and then, and then, and then. Um, so, this is similar, uh, kind of, to what we've done for other reviews. Um, I guess before mm. we get too far into this, any thoughts on Bad Batch recently?
1: Are you, I are y'all caught up? Forgot to watch this weekend's episode. Actually, what? I, I, legitimately,
0: I just. Plain forgot. Just gave myself a headache. Um, that's I, crazy. It's pretty good. I, can't I completely forgot. What even <laughs> happened this week? Uh, I don't question. know.
1: I don't know. I don't know what's been going on in my life, but I was busy doing something. I just forgot. I
0: cannot remember. I'm bringing it up. Whoa. Crazy.
1: Okay, so I'm going to have the same button same.
0: What's the funny, what's, it, what's the title? Oh yeah, it's okay, it's okay. Um, but I will say that the uh, the title I found out what the title is for this coming Friday's uh, episode. And it's called Project Warhammer. So, oh,
1: I'm wondering. So we're if talking we're... about like probable dark troopers,
0: death troopers. That's what I said. I said. Um. Yeah. Maybe. That's what I'm wondering. Um, the wound on the side of Crosshair's head is not healing like at all. I mean it's healing, but it's like – it looks like there's are freaking holes in his head. So I'm wondering if it's, if it's like getting to the point where it's like festering and it's like, okay, well, let's just put a freaking mask on him and
1: you know fix it like that. I'm just ready for some pick and waffle action. You know what I mean? Some what? Some pick and waffle action. <laughs> it's a reference to the Thrawn novel. That was the name of the death troopers. Oh, pick sorry. And the waffle. Sorry. I was
0: totally not, not, what are we doing here? I was totally not. What are we, thinking, are we talking about? Star Wars or what? I wasn't thinking in that vein. I didn't know what, if there was a joke I was supposed to, we're be talking
1: getting. about death troopers. I named
0: two of them. Yeah.
1: I don't know. What, I don't know what you're doing for me.
0: Well, uh, jumping into the sizing storm review. Um, <laughs> So basically similar to what we've done for, like, Mandalorian and things, uh, we'll give our op- overall thoughts, which is kind of the bulk of what we'll talk about. Like, we stand st- out. We'll waste a
1: secret weapon?
0: Will we waste a secret weapon? We'll talk about a uh, standout moment. Uh, new characters or characters that stood out the most to us. We'll rate it, and we'll talk about where we think it's going to go from here. If you haven't read or listened to The Rising Storm by Mr. Kevin Scott... This is going to be full of spoilers because it's been out for a good while now.
1: It's pretty good. Um, I'm going to give, like, I'm going to give Light of the Jedi, like, a nine and a half out of ten. I'm going to give this one, like, an eight and a half. A whole point less? A whole point less. Why? And I think it's just because so much was withheld from me, and I hate it.
0: So you mean, like, you... It I feel him. like. What do you mean?
1: I feel like he just hinted at a lot of stuff, and uh-huh. I think that's cool because he's like a comic writer, like he does a lot of comics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I don't know. I, I don't like when things that I want to know are just hinted at and they don't tell me. Oh, like, I I'm see reading what you're the saying. book okay, because okay. I want the information. Like, yeah, I still don't know what Marcion Rowe was doing the entire novel. I, I have no idea what he did the entire book. What do you mean? I, he w- He just like did things, and he's like, "I'm at this place, and you're going to have a clue of
0: what I want, but you'll never know what it is." <laughs> like I still don't know what he did the entire time. Okay, well, I guess we'll just jump into it. So, okay, <clears throat> <I> overall <throat> thoughts. I would say I that, that I would say that my um, I I found myself like I, liking some parts more than Light of the Jedi, actually. You get a lot more Martian Roe. Um, you get a lot I feel, more... I feel like we didn't get that much. We definitely got more than we got from Light of the Jedi, though.
1: I mean, we would get, like, a whole chapter of him, but then there'd be, like, seven chapters on a love interest with uh, with Elzar, which I'm not... Like, that was a good story arc, but I don't know. I wanted a lot of Martian, and I waited several months to find out what he even wanted with Loden, and I still have no idea. Uh, You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. That was like the end of the so, other novel. I expected some explanation, and I didn't get any of that.
0: Um, okay, excuse me. Okay, I'll give you my opinion. And my thought is Martian, whatever his species is or whatever, and I'll say this. The reason that I was like, man, I'm excited, but I'm also kind of irritated that there's that whole other um, spectrum of comics. I think there are six out right now, um, mm. High Republic Adventures. And the annoying thing is it's not by Marvel. So I have to buy them in Amazon and read them in the Kindle versus having everything in Marvel, which is just nice. That's what I do anyway. Um, But – so that it will be no issue for you. But apparently – again, we're going into spoilers, so I've told you like a thousand times. But in the comics, he's seeking for the leveler like before the book. Gotcha. And so the main thing – the main issue with with Martian is he is irritated by the concept – of that the jedi have a one up on him because of the force. So the leveller is something chaotic, something and I can't tell it it comes across like it's an animal of some sort. Uh right it, it
1: seems semi sentient from like the half a chapter we get of it. Right. right. So um,
0: um, in in Legends, it almost seems
1: to like exist in a null space like in Islamari
0: I was going to say the same you thing. In I mean? Legends, you have the Isla yeah. Mary, who are uh, these little ferret reptile, yeah. orange-looking things. And uh, basically they would create a force field, no pun intended, where within <laughs> that bubble the force cannot be used. Um, and it was real interesting because in the uh, outbound – not outbound flight, but in the Thrawn um, trilogy, the original Thrawn trilogy, you had um, a, a clone of a dark Jedi named Jeruis Sebaeth. And when he would lose his cool, he would reach out and you know try to force choke Thrawn. And so the cool thing was Thrawn. He started finding these creatures, and he had one like next to his chair. And even from a distance, the force that was directly around Thrawn was affected. So even even though it wasn't technically affecting Jereus Sabeith, by the time the choke or whatever got to where he was, there was yeah, this well- void of force.
1: And it would be so that anybody within the presence of an Islamari would be invisible in the Force. So Jaruas, if Thrawn approached him wearing – he had like a backpack with a nutrient rack that the Islamaris were on. um, If he approached Jiruis in that way, he wouldn't be able to sense his presence in the Force.
0: Right, right. The Force basically doesn't exist in that bubble. So I know that George was not really a fan of that concept. Um, yeah. because it, are supposed to be in all things. So the way that the leveler seems to work is that either it uses the force or it like disrupts the force in such a way that the force still exists, but it basically, it kind of comes across as, um, uh, th- like a gas that Scarecrow would use in, uh, Batman Begins or some yeah, of the old cartoons. Yeah, it definitely
1: seems, I mean, it's kind of like, it, it from what I understand, it acts like what it's named as. It's a leveler, like it levels the playing field.
0: Exactly. Um, so you're a force user, and now not only do you not have access to the force in ways that you're no- that that is normal for you, but you also are confronted by it seems like very fearful thoughts or feelings um, that really cripple. I mean, it's called the leveler, but it's kind of a crippler. Like it really it negates anything anything the force user can do. Um. So my overall thoughts, um, if I had to – if I gave Light of the Jedi 9.5, I would give this like 9.3. Like it's right there for me.
1: Um, and I can see why – I mean like you don't have the same complaints as me. I, I just like – it seemed to me like there was a lot of, so this is what we'll do. And then they'll do like the, you know, the cut scene and then you're like, all right, we'll find out what they're going to do in the next scene. Except for in the next scene, we would never actually even see the plan carried out.
0: Yeah, Um, I think part of that is you're playing in a a very limited sandbox. So it's a cool thing where when you write a book, it's neat because it's an unexplored era. So it doesn't have to be like, now in 10 years, Darth Vader's here, you can't do that. So it's not necessarily that, but you are still limited because there are God knows how many other Character or other authors doing their thing. So there is a weird way where the, the story itself is wide open, but you still have to stay in your lane because you can't do too much because there's other authors writing other things. Um, yeah, And I think that's part of prolonging the whole High Republic uh, line yeah. with well, comics and books. And I like don't
1: that. know. I'm just used to a novel being a little bit more expository where even I if Kings on is spending like 80% of the novel doing setup, there's still that reveal at yep. the back end of the novel, and yeah. I feel like that want for me which just wasn't satiated. I feel like it, the whole book felt like set up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot of that. You're right. Um so the cool thing is I guess the the main uh thread of course you have the Martian row and the nighill Hill but the main thread is that you've got um you're on a planet called Valo that's where like the the real meat and in, and in interest of the book is the essence um, the essence the drunje meat um so basically, uh, they are putting on a world fair, and it's very exciting. And it's kind of cool because you're you're seeing the Republic still being formed, like they're still expanding. Yeah. You're still, like the, one of the big puzzle pieces is the Togruta people, which is what Ahsoka's species is. Um, yeah, I thought
1: that was interesting that they were. Like,
0: they're not a Texas part of the Republic. There, you know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I found that I found that very interesting. That they were, I wouldn't expect that species to be the holdout. You know what I mean? And they're like a warrior species in this era, whereas they're like a hippie peace artist species in you know the New Republic era. Yeah, if that's what we want to call it.
0: It's inter- Or yeah, yeah, because that's a
1: huge culture shift from the time we see them in the Clone Wars, and they're just like so easily enslaved by the Separatists. You know what I mean?
0: Right. What well, makes you wonder if some of the results of what's been happening on the High Republic uh, storyline? if some of those things lead them toward this shift in culture, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Um, is it just me or do you like mentally picture Lena So as a, as a Tugruta?
0: Um No, I picture her as a, a, as a Chinese
1: lady. I don't know why that's like in my mind. I can't get that picture out of my mind. That she's um,
0: who do I picture her as? Um, there's a specific person in my mind, but I can't remember the person's name or what they're from. Um, but the idea is this world fair that's happening on Valo. One thing that's really cool is above the the cityscape of the you know main Providence, um, there are these floating. Uh, what do you even call those? These platforms, islands. and there these, yeah, they're called these, islands. Yeah, it's basically imagine kind of like what the Senate pods are. That's how I picture it. it is like these. I giant, pictured it like
1: um, those floating islands in Avatar.
0: Oh yeah, that's even cooler. Yeah. That's yeah. What I, I pictured them. Um, so you mean kind of like organic rock and then things are built on top. of yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. In my mind, they were electronic at the base because they had to be produced.
1: No, I think. Yeah. It, but in function, like those islands, because they're yeah. like, one of them, they had like entire like, I don't know if whoever's listening's ever been skiing, but that mountain has to be pretty big <laughs> to go skiing down. You oh, know, you yeah. Know, it's got to be a, a mass. I mean, like last time I went to the slopes me without falling which was like my major accomplishment for the weekend. I made it down in 20 minutes and that was my fastest run the whole weekend. You know what I mean? So I think to simulate that sort of experience on just like one of them, they've got to be absolutely massive.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, that's what's interesting is that uh these huge like almost kind of like terrariums, you know what I mean? Like where you have uh, okay, yeah. well this is this kind of frog, this or is like, this kind of snake, this is a uh,
1: you yeah, know, one of them's like a whole zoo you know what I mean? Like they're, they're pretty substantially sized. Yeah. I mean, like ma- like massive, like apex predators from the entire galaxy. So, right. So it's cool. It's because, like Jurassic world. you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You have one platform or whether, maybe it's on the ground where the zoo is. Um, but it's this zoo that they've brought all of the coolest, like here's a T-Rex from this planet. Here's a dragon from this planet. Here's a tiger, like all these crazy animals. Um, and then you have, there's like a next zoo in there, right? Yeah. you was mentioned. I think so, yeah. So, um, Freaking cool. All these cool platforms, and the concept is it's to show off the benefits of being a part of the Republic, and um, it's kind of going back to the concept of we are all the Republic. Like, we're all part of one thing. Yeah. Um, and so uh, then on the flip side of the coin, you have the Jedi who are really struggling um, after what happened in Light of the Jedi. So you have uh, Padawan Bell Zedifar… And his master is Loden Great Storm. He's the cool looking Twilik from Light of the Jedi. And Yeah, he's, he
1: was my favorite character in Light of the Jedi, so I was a little bit bummed to see him take the backseat here.
0: Yeah. Well he's he's definitely the most like it makes sense that the book invests in him the most in Light of the Jedi right. to give you mm-hmm. like this Heartstrings moment where he gets captured. Uh, but as far as all the Jedi know, he's dead. So you have yeah. Bell, you have his new master. And then the other two – I would say the two other main characters are Elzar Man, who is the clean-shaven Jedi who's kind of more – he's the one who from Light of the Jedi, him and Avar Chris kind of have a weird relationship. And he's not been made a master in Light of the Jedi because they don't trust him because he's kind of experimental with the Force, and they almost see it as disrespectful. Um, but he gets made a master, and he's sent to Valo to help oversee uh, this huge thing you know, come into life. And then, well, know, and I think he kind of
1: requests that that it would happen because he had that vision when he was in uh, what's the Force Nexus planet from Bane um, in the Python. Yeah, he was on Tython. He had that Force vision that something was going to happen at Valo, so he had yeah. like a transfer put in.
0: Yeah, and then your other main character is uh, Stellan Geos, who is the very kind of Obi Wan character of the group. He's like the poster boy for the Jedi. He's what's
1: funny is that he very much reminds me of Obi-Wan a little bit more arrogant, I think than Obi-Wan. Um, but uh, Elzar really reminds me of Quinlan Voss. So I think it's funny that they're like best friends.
0: Yeah. It's funny that they're best friends because Quinlan and Obi-Wan don't get along. <laughs> um, but basically they're, they're setting up this huge public fair and uh, the other part of the, of the novel is this coming to terms with what's going on with their connection to the force and what's going on with um, you know, why, why aren't things how they always have been and what's, you know, where did the drain gear come from and are they working in cahoots with the Nihil? And this whole time we've thought, no, but then there are rumors that people have seen Nihil planting drain gear. I don't know how accurate yeah, that I is. Think
1: they on Valo found like seeds, for the dringear left behind by the night hill, which is freaking wild.
0: Which I don't know. That, that might be fake news because I don't see the dringear being like, take my seed and plant it. That just doesn't seem and like. And I a don't Drangir think that they thing. would do that. But
1: I definitely see the night hill finding a way to weaponize them against their will.
0: Yeah, if they did find, that's true. You know what if what they mean? did find I don't, some. I don't think the dringear are going to be like, hey,
1: let's not use those seeds because somebody else put them there. Like, you know what I mean? They're not right. going to turn their nose up at opportunity.
0: Yeah, that's very true. Um, and then the Nihil, the, the main conflict with the Nihil is you have the huge, um, man, what is that freaking species? Um, anyways, his His pe- name's
1: Panada. Panada, he's, um,
0: he's that species. What are they called? Um, you remember from, the, uh, yeah, it's in, uh, Freaking uh, the Force Awakens. Yeah, when you're at when you're at um, he's a Doatin. He's that giant Doatin. Almost kind of looks like a huge overgrown Trandoshan with the face mm-hmm. tusks.
1: Yeah. Um, and that chick that works for the First Order is that has the black
0: fingers. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The Twenty One Pilots fingers.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, these Doatins dude, They're freaking massive.
1: And uh yeah, Apparently, yeah, yeah. the audio... like they just. Uh, I don't think they stop growing.
0: Yeah, it's, they just get like bigger
1: they, forever. They just get...
0: uh, The voice that obviously it's changed, you know, and Mark Thompson obviously has, like, had editing on it and whatever. But yeah. it reminds me of Tank from the Goofy movie 2. <laughs> You're on the next jet to nowhere.
1: You're going down like a full of simp pair of socks. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what a stupid freaking analogy.
1: Freaking going... hilarious.
0: I never understood that. Does that mean he's going down like they're going in the trash or like they're last? No, I is crappy? think it's like, yeah, I think the elastic is crappy. said so the
1: socks are just baggy and they're around the ankles.
0: You're going down like Pete Maravich's socks, which actually was kind of cool. Now that you think about it,
1: dude, when I was a kid, I was think I always thought he said faucet of parasites. And I was like, what does that even mean, bro?
0: You're going down like a fricking pestilence, bro. I had no idea what he's saying, man. I had no idea. Um, do you do – you, I know that the Goofy Movie holds like a really special place in everyone's heart, but do you find yourself going back and watching Goofy Movie or Extremely Goofy Movie more?
1: I had this conversation last week, and everybody there agreed that Extremely Goofy Movie is the better film. Everybody there agreed. What was the median age of these people? Uh, my – I was the oldest one in the conversation.
0: You were but the youngest? They were,
1: I was the oldest, and they were no younger than 19 or 20. That makes sense.
0: Uh, I find that I believe that Goofy Movie is probably more iconic, but I quote and enjoy and find myself going back to watch Extremely Goofy Movie more. I think it's the better – I think it's the more enjoyable film. I like it. Yeah. I still can't find – uh, American Tale, Treasure of Manhattan Island on any streaming services, so that sucks.
1: Don't even get me started. They used <laughs> to be on Netflix.
0: I know. And you know what is? what else is- What the
1: is, frick is that about? It? Who's that hurting to leave those on Netflix?
0: Yeah. Who, who's doing that? Also- I need answers. Why does it Universal have uh, a streaming service? These are the questions nobody wants to answer. Because that's right, who owns- uh,
1: also, are we on lock. overall thoughts, or are we on standout moment, or are we on new characters? We have
0: butchered overall thoughts. We already thoughts. rated We already so rated it. We already okay. rated it. So give me – okay, give me uh, rapid fire. Do you know what, what our time is at all, Adam? Uh, we are at 47 minutes, 48 seconds. Oh, okay. We're doing good. Um, okay, so give me your standout moment. <clears throat>
1: Oh, stand out moment. Easy. All right. Big spoilers here. So giant spoilers, bro. I don't know what you're doing here. If you don't like spoilers, we've already ruined the whole book, but, um, the moment where Elzar gives into the dark side and moves an entire platform and destroys a ship with it. That was freaking sick, nasty.
0: Yeah, that was super cool. Um, that's like the most powerful display of the
1: force. I think I've seen in a novel since storm, since Bane, like did a Sith ritual and created like an entire storm.
0: Yeah. It was very interesting that um Elzar seems to flirt with the dark more. He you're right, he is exactly like Quinlan Voss. And it's interesting to me that he it was so quick like um He's like if Quinlan Voss and Qui-Gon Jinn had a baby.
1: You know so what I mean? The
0: greatest Jedi ever?
1: They he's, he's got like, they're both, both of their worst qualities almost.
0: Oh God, freaking dang it. it elbow. Oh. <laughs> he tore he's, his elbow ACL too. Hey, F you bro. Uh, he's basically, um, if he was, if three people could make a baby <laughs> in Star Wars, he would be, uh, Quinlan Vos, Qui-Gon Jinn. And, uh, who's the guy that can't get laid? Um, <laughs> who's that guy? Rail Avaros. Rail Avaros. That's him. You mean he's Qui Gon and anti Qui Gon? Yeah, and Quinlan Voss. He's more oh real than Qui Gon, in my opinion. Don't you think? I think
1: his uh, journey into the periphery of the Force is very Qui
0: Gon. That's true, but him constantly sleeping with people around him is real Avaros. <laughs> real Avaros. The Force says I can't get attached. Doesn't say I can't get laid. Spot the lie. Who reads that? Is that is that Mark Thompson? Oh uh, yeah, dude! Imagine seeing that he does Obi wan Imagine seeing Austin. that line and Quindle. being like sick. <laughs> That's so funny. What it's, is that? That's freaking Claudia
1: Gray, dude. Yeah, it's Claudia Gray. She do be talking about the sex a lot. She do be talking about the sex. She do be talking about the sex. She brought it up in uh, Into the Dark quite a bit. Yeah, she,
0: quite a bit. She, yeah. Oh, it's narrated near by Jonathan Davis. It. Oh. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. He does it. He does a great Qui Gon. Dude. Yeah. And into the dark again. It was like, so can y'all get laid? And I was like, jeez, Claudia. She- She's like,
1: so we've been here. I've known you for about fifteen minutes. Sex? Question mark. Sex colon. Can you have it?
0: Can you have it? How off-limits is this thing?
1: <laughs> and then you had freaking uh, – what was the Owen Wilson character? He's like, I don't really see what the point is.
0: <laughs> oh, what was that guy's name? Um, oh, Sparky Sparky Boom Man. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so in the High Republic Adventure Comics, um, they're all in those uh, – Don't get me
1: wrong. I tried it,
0: but – I prefer drugs and celibacy. Dude, he was like, It's okay, but it takes so much time and energy. You could be smoking the meth. He didn't really Spock say that's kind of that's kind of how it sounds. Um okay, so standout moment for you was Elzar Man's display of dark side power. That was really cool. Obviously. Um Okay, my standout moment is definitely the cliffhanger at the end where whatever the freak the leveler is, what do you picture it as? I picture it as
1: Eliath from Loki. What? Has anyone else here seen Loki?
0: I've seen the first two episodes.
1: So when you get to, like, episode five... Oh, sweet. There will be a giant, like, nebulous, not quite insubstantial, but definitely looks like a cloud... Type creature that is basically the end of the world.
0: Oh, wow. Um, do
1: and you... that's what I picture it as. Because it, it doesn't seem to have a definite shape. It seems to be uh, almost lupine. You know what I mean? It seems to be like kind of a wolf in stature. Um, so
0: whenever I was listening to the audiobook, I can't recall what the sounds were. Because, of course, when you do a Star Wars audiobook, you get like, it was very windy outside. Like they have like the sound effects and stuff. I think that the sound effects for it were feline. So in my head, I automatically was like, "All right, here we go, Star Tiger." Yeah, I don't. I don't know.
1: It's it's that's part of it. It's like the descrip, like even the description of the thing that we have no idea what it is is so nebulous that I can't even get a mental image of the thing that I already don't understand. (laughs) You know what I mean?
0: I in my mind, it was um, it was kind of like. A, in my mind's eye, how it looks is, and also why was there a camera on it?
1: Obviously for the remote control function.
0: I don't know. I don't understand anything about it. It had a camera and I was like, who puts a GoPro on like the death angel? But anyways, um, because it's an RC bro.
1: Am I, he was driving it? RC death tiger. Yeah. That's what the, this thing was. I can't see you. Because it it was basically talking about how he had, like, a camera feed in his heads-up display in his helmet.
0: Yeah, I got that. I didn't realize that Martian was driving it because it made it sound like whenever it ran past him.
1: He needed, like, both halves of the remote control.
0: Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, you're right. I don't know.
1: I'm just asking you how much Parmesan you want on your pasta over (laughs) here, you know. Tell me when to stop. Bro,
0: check this out. One time, me and Macy were on a double date with – some other folks i guess i won't name them just to
1: sounds terrible already
0: yeah oh. yes uh so this guy he's the, the the female in the relationship is the person that we know and this guy is like the new boyfriend at the time and we're at Olive the Garden worst. and i'm like can oh we go somewhere? italian denny's can i get can i get a little less atmosphere you know olive gardens way too crazy for me And so we're at freaking Olive Garden, and this guy comes up and goes, uh, tell me when you're ready for – you know, or tell me when that's enough. And he starts doing this number on the the salad or whatever. And this guy sits back. I kid you not. I'm going to push my laptop away so you can see what I'm going to do. This guy sits back and goes, just kill it. (laughs) This guy's got a thing of cheese the size of a football. In the freaking uh, Shredder, and he's like, kill it. <laughs> like, he's going to pay for the freaking cheese. Was Is that the most annoying thing you've ever heard in your entire life? Yeah,
1: that's pretty
0: stupid. The good thing is I can see Samuel now. The thing that I hate about
1: it, and it may just be your interpretation of it, but his self-satisfaction – that's what I hate. No, I that's hate how smug he is about it.
0: You know what I'm liking about this podcast is I'm liking how far I can sit away from the camera. This is sick. Are you snapping? Kind of. Oh, yeah. No, he was definitely. Wow, I feel like I'm on the Joe Rogan experience. This is raw. Um, he was definitely like, <laughs> kill it. Yeah, it kill was. It. it was the <laughs> kill it, kill it, Marcie Rowe. dude. If they made a Black Series, I haven't bought a Black Series helmet yet. Which I've, I might. I've I really, might buy
1: a Star Wars figure.
0: I've really. Oh really?
1: I love Martian Rowe. He's. I'm telling you, he's my favorite villain since the first time I read Thrawn. More than
0: Kylo Ren.
1: My favorite novel villain.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, for yeah. sure, hands down, hands down. He's. Uh, he's very interesting. He's very. He's a very compelling character. I love him. And and you know what though? I I know this is what they're going to do, but I'm I'm hoping against it at the same time that the um the Eye of the Storm comic that's coming out, I hope that it's not um I liked the Rise of Kylo Ren comic. I really liked it. But there were so many things that it didn't answer.
1: Yeah, but I mm. I can see what you're saying. I feel like, however, we already knew a frick ton about Kylo overall, and I don't feel like I'm going to walk away from this being like, I've still got questions because I know so little about him. Like any extra information, I'm like, oh, neat. Yeah. I would like to have like a – I think the only thing that could improve it is if it's narrated by David Attenborough.
0: Marshawn Rowe is – It would be cool if it was Mark Thompson doing – Martian Rowe doing a David Attenborough impression. Martian Rowe is walking. He kind of has a Prince Zuko vibe, doesn't he?
1: I think he has an underlying rage, but I think he's definitely a lot more in control. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. He sees the big picture, man. That's what I love about him.
0: The other thing that was really, really cool about... um, about the book another stand moment for me personally was uh the moment where he takes that bird guy into the cave when he yeah, first finds the level. Cool. that Lord. whole
1: chapter was cool
0: and um and he's like the the guy ends up dying and his species is like slightly force sensitive and he was like what did you feel and the bird guy was like i didn't feel anything and you could, right. you could tell he was, like, upset because he was wondering, why didn't I know this thing was coming? Why didn't I know this was going to happen? And Marsha was like, perfect. And I was like, oh, sick. Here I was thinking he was being nice to this guy. Literally took him there to kill him on purpose. Because we're friends? <laughs> Little eye glows. Hey, so um, <laughs> did you notice that uh, – you know how he did the whole thing where he electrocuted Pan Edo with his um, helmet? And then tore it in
1: half. Also balling.
0: So here's my question. The new helmet that he puts on after that, is that the helmet we've his always seen? His new helmet is
1: his old helmet, yeah. Because he, the adjective they used was cyclopean. And I remember it because it's such an unused adjective. It's such the a cool single. word. Single. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I was like, okay, so there's the one eye. So I guess before that, he yeah, was just wearing the something The one else. that he was
1: wearing was the one that I think he unveiled most of the way through the first book, and it has, like, the um, stars and galaxy patterns on it.
0: Oh, you're right. You're you remember right, that? The one that kind of yeah. sounded like the Wren the mask? Yeah, a little bit. Okay. Any new characters that stood out to you?
1: Um, I guess the Thelothian chick was cool.
0: The, uh, the purple lightsaber. The... Not Jedi, Jedi. Yeah. Do you think she'll join the order? Um. No. Also, another big moment was, what was her name? I forget. If I, I yeah, I
1: I don't know. I'm bad at names in real life, so unless I've interacted with the character a lot, okay. And my copy of the books at work right now, so let me look this up right quick. Reference it.
0: Um. So as I'm looking this up, what were you going to say? I was going to say, um, isn't it something also, so you have the, you have the, the leveler, sorry, Mm -hmm. you have the leveler already, but then there was something else, um, that the girl, man, ah, Frick, (laughs) Guys, I looked up Rising Storm Dramatis Persona, and it took me to some freaking cat books. (laughs) Interesting. (laughs) Um, Star Wars, here we go. Um, So she's being paid to help transport some weapon that can uh, disable all energy weapons. She was just – I don't think she knew what she was doing. She was just on a bodyguard. Right, right, right. But I I say all that to say – I was saying all that to say that um, the Nihil are now in in possession of that too, right?
1: Um, I can't remember if they actually got a hold of the plans or not. So
0: remember, uh, they stole all the the whole computer out Yeah, and then there's no, 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 that
1: didn't actually happen. That was a cover by the daughter. She was trying to get the plans to,
0: Oh, she put them on the hard drive.
1: Nio. Yeah. They didn't actually steal the ship's plans. So, um, that was a a farce on behalf of the girl who actually created the disruptor.
0: Okay. So I guess, but I
1: can't remember if the handoff actually happened because she got double crossed and then rescued.
0: Right, right, right. So we'll never know because that's one of those things that at the end...
1: Yeah, it's it's possible Lorna D got a hold of them. I don't think we'll know until the next
0: book. Right, okay. And uh, so then Pan-Ada was also double-crossed and he ends up just going back to Doada to kill the rest of his family and just live the rest of his days. And he's also... Um, He's also poisoned.
1: Yeah. And I think it said somewhere in there that he knew he was going to die, but he was going to try and hold it together long enough to get revenge. But, um, again, a nebulous ending.
0: Dang. I can't remember the name of this. We're coming out of this
1: novel, not knowing a whole lot.
0: Well, okay. So I guess the big question is, what do you think is next? What do you expect? But also what do you hope is next?
1: Um, I think a lot of the drangier issue is going to be resolved in the comics because that's mostly where that's taking place, and it was very minimally focused on. The mm-hmm. mainline novels are mostly about the Nihil threat, and I think this is basically going to be the greatest transformation for Martian Roe because he's basically nullifying the Nihil altogether as far as the structure that exists so that he can have his ultimate plan, which we still don't really know what it is. Mm. Um, so I think we're finally going to get there.
0: His main thing is he's just really pissed at the Jedi.
1: Right, and I want to know why, I want to know what his in-game plan is, I want to know, you know what I mean, I just want to know all the intricacies, and I'm hoping that we kind of get there.
0: Right. Also, um, remember that they said that they were going to go and uh, Elzar was going to like atone for his sins at the Kyber Pillars or whatever? Yeah, that's freaking sick. That was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, Okay, bro, what is this freaking girl's name? Ty something? Ty Yorick. Ty Lim Gar. Ty Yorick. Are you sure? I'm looking at a picture of her. Okay. Who's Ty Gar? No idea. It's somebody. It's somebody. Um, so what do you want to happen next and what do you expect to happen next in the main storyline? I guess in the next novel or young adult novel.
1: Yeah, that's all I, I really just want to, I, the, all the characters are supplementary. I kind of want to see where Elzar lands. I think maybe he'll fall away mm-hmm. um, because that's like something the Jedi fear, right? That's something that's, you know, pretty unheard of for a long time. I don't know if he will fall away, but I think that it's plausible for that to be the case. Um, but I, I'm really most vested in the Martian Row storyline. That's what I want to see the most from. Yeah,
0: um, oh my gosh! I was talking about the standout moment, and I totally started talking about the leveler, and I forgot what my standout moment was. So my standout moment is uh, when the leveler somehow turns load and great storm to dust, and he disintegrates.
1: Yeah, freaking wild!
0: So what the freak was that about? I just wanted to turn my book off.
1: I don't know, dude. I was upset.
0: I was ticked. Hey, Adam, can you do me a favor? Can you look up? Because you can scare you can share your screen. Is that correct? Can you look up High Republic comic number six or number seven? I'm sorry. And um, on the cover of this comic is um, Skier's uh, Padawan, it looks like. And there she's fighting someone. And there's a red lightsaber. Ooh.
1: All right. Well, do you have any final thoughts? Because i got to start getting ready
0: for bed. It's, uh, number, try number seven. seven. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. This one? I think so, yeah. Uh, let me see. Yeah, I, well, no. Hang on, let me see if I can find it. Uh, yes, that's it. Uh, so, what do you think about this? Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I see. Oh, yeah, sick. What do you What do you think about this, Samuel?
1: Uh, it's Creve. Um, I don't know. Guess we'll see, man. I know that there's some sort of relationship that the Drangir have with the Sith. It wouldn't surprise me if maybe the Sith. Um, since the threat and maybe go to intervene.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. So... Uh, But obviously they would have a clash with the Jedi. There's a really pesky line from The Phantom Menace where Mace Windu says the Sith have been extinct for a millennia. So that being said, that's either a vision or a throwing is holding a lightsaber. And you have to remember at the end of High Republic number six... I did really miss Abar Chris. I really missed her in uh, Rising
1: Storm. I would have liked to have her a little bit more. Um, I recognize that they binged her because she's so prominent in the comics. Uh You know what I mean? But I I really did enjoy her character. So. In Light of the Jedi.
0: My thing is she's going to the Dream Gear, like basically the Hive. Mm -hmm. To shut down the Dream Gear. And and that comes out tomorrow, by the way. Um, So my question is. Maybe there's a maybe there's got it. Maybe there's a um an item that's wherever they're at, it's gotta be somewhere where the dark side is very prevalent and perhaps there's some type of Sith relic or something that Avar or Skier or someone um touches or picks up and maybe it takes over them for a period of time. But it's, it's kind of hard to know what's going to happen because it can't be a, a Sith because they have to have been in hiding for a thousand years.
1: I could just be one of those things, too, where it's like, I'm not a Sith. I'm just a dark side user. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like It could also be the hubris of the Jedi that they're like, oh, the Sith are extinct, so it couldn't have been a Sith. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Um, I think it there's w- easier ways to sweep cool. it under the rug than just to say it won't be a Sith.
0: Yeah, it would be cool. For them to do exactly what you're saying because the, the whole point of this mass book, comic, whatever that you want to call it, uh, multimedia event is um, to show the downfall of the Jedi. We're seeing them at their peak. Right. And now we're, we're seeing the eventual downfall that really in the prequels is the worst of the Jedi now that we kind of have more history. So, it's yeah. going to be interesting to see. But, anyways, so, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. But
1: We should be able to revisit that next week.
0: Yeah, we'll be able to look at it. And then between now and then, you can probably catch up on High Republic Adventures as well. When we can talk about uh, Geode and Bad Batch. And Bad Batch. Because, yeah, Bad Batch. Pro- Project Warhammer is this Friday. Sweet. So, that's cool, three little cool segments right there. So, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys like this new layout. This is something we're trying. Uh, I think it's working really good, actually. I love the different camera angles. Um, It's cool that Adam's, like, in the Matrix and stuff like that. Um, And uh, so thank you guys for tuning in. May the Force be with you always.
1: Adam, I'm going to need your help here. And remember, the only family you have here is me.
0: Oh, that was beautiful, Adam. Well done, buddy. We'll see you guys next time.